just out in 2019, our newly released paperback version of our book, Affordable Interior Design, High-End Tips for Any Budget, has just hit shelves. If you want to learn more about selecting your style, picking the perfect paint colors, choosing a color palette that will wow, then you won't want to miss this book. Plus, it has a whole bunch of pretty pictures. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com, click on the shop tab, and you will see our book for $14.99. Additionally, if you purchase it on our website, I will personally sign it for you. And if you use promo code podcast at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order. Head to our website and grab your copy today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer. This is Affordable Interior Design, the podcast. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. Summer is supposed to be a time of relaxation, calm, beach days, lazy days, and this summer has been anything but lazy for me. I have been cramming hardcore I have been taking a class on how to build the perfect class, and I am happy to say I have graduated. My class is complete, and I am in the middle of creating my high-level course, my academy. Affordable Interior Designs Academy is going live this fall. In September, we'll start rolling out these modules, and I would love for you to be a part of it. If you are wanting to be an interior designer but don't know where to get started, if you've always wanted to work in the interior design industry but don't want to go back to university, this is the course for you. Go to affordableinteriordesign.com, look for the Academy tab, or you can go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy, and there will be a form for you to fill out. Fill that out so I can put you on my list, and I will send you the next steps for learning if this Academy is the right fit for you. I am so excited about this. I have released online classes before, but this is a whole nother echelon. This is behind the scenes. This is what I teach my designers. This is how we work every single day. From floor plans to patterns to every little detail, including proportion, where to shop. I lay it all out in this course. I also teach you our favorite floor plan software. This class gets into it. So by the time you finish, you will be able to take your own clients with confidence. It includes one-on-one coaching with me, one-on-one coaching with one of my designers, and of course, online modules that you can take at your pace. Does this sound like something interesting for you? Does it match the lifestyle that you're dreaming of? Head on over to affordableinteriordesign.com Look for the Academy tab, fill out the form, and I'll get you the information pronto. Speaking of information pronto, it is time for me to dig into this mailbag. Many things have come in, and uh, hopefully you're listening to this podcast while you're sitting on some sandy beach sipping a Mai Tai. I myself am working on the weekend trying to fit it all in between my night class on how to create a course, my day job of actually being an interior designer and running an interior design firm, and everything else. 
I am going to fit in this podcast before I myself leave for a little vacation. So here we go. My first question that has come in is from Caitlin. She actually has three questions, so I'm going to break it down. She writes, Hi, Betsy. Thank you so much for all of your useful content. I love listening to your podcast. I'm redoing our living room, and I would love some recommendations for furniture. We would like our space to have a comfortable, bohemian look and feel. Number one, do you have a recommendation for a comfortable, deep couch with rolled arms? Our space isn't big, so we aren't looking for anything too long or for a sectional. I like the price points at Macy's, but wondered if you had a specific recommendation from Macy's or another store that won't break the bank. All right, so here we go. Caitlin, you might want to look at the Ektorp from Ikea. A deep sofa is going to be deeper than 36 inches. So when you're looking at the dimensions, whether they're listed on a website or on the tag in the store, the D, the depth, needs to be greater than 36. It could even be up to 42. Anything over 42 is extremely deep. I mean, you're practically talking about the depth of a twin bed, which is 45. Uh, so look for that when you're shopping. I think the Ektorp is only 36, but don't be fooled. Some sofas sit differently depending on if the back cushion is taut or if it's really overstuffed. That depth is going to change somewhat. But that standard depth is 36 and you want to start there and go up from there. Look at Ikea. The Ektorp is the only one that's coming to mind. They do have an English rolled arm sofa that could be an interesting choice, but it's relatively new to the line. I think it's only been around two or three years. So my clients haven't told me how it does with wear and tear. I know the Ektorp, it's been around for as long as I've been a designer, and it is a solid choice. Crate and Barrel has great options for deep sofas. However, the look you're going for is less Crate and Barrel contemporary and more traditional or transitional with those rolled arms. So instead of Crate and Barrel, which is also going to have a heftier price point than, say, a Macy's, I'm going to suggest that you look at Raymore & Flanagan, Ashley Home Furniture. Those will have those lower price points and those more transitional styles. Let's get to question two. You write, Betsy, I love the look of acrylic coffee tables, specifically the peekaboo table from CB2. I don't want something that takes up too much space or takes away from our beautiful area rug. However, my toddler is a climber. Are acrylic coffee tables safe for rambunctious kids, or should I look at a marble or stone top instead? I'm a little concerned, Caitlin, that the acrylic coffee table is not going to look so great with the rolled arm sofa. Perhaps they're not going in the same room. Perhaps they are. But a rolled arm sofa is that transitional look, as I just described before. And an acrylic coffee table is very modern or contemporary. Additionally, a very deep sofa needs a bit of a chunkier coffee table so that the two look in proportion, which of course you would learn at my academy. Uh, so I'm worried that this acrylic coffee table might look pretty small, pretty diminutive in front of this large rolled arm sofa. That being said, most acrylic coffee tables have a hollow inside. They're not going to be dense and acrylic all the way down. Because of that, I would not trust my child to stand on an acrylic coffee table. It might be able to take a licking and keep on ticking, but I think it would eventually bow. My kids never really stood on the coffee table, so I don't know if that's something that you could talk to them about or train them out of. But they would be 
a really nice choice because acrylic typically has that curve. Since it's made from a clear plastic, it typically doesn't have really sharp edges. That's the thing that's definitely a plus. The other problem with acrylic coffee tables is they do show scratches really easily. So unlike glass, which doesn't really scratch as easily, acrylic is somewhat temperamental. I would be looking at a different texture instead. I think something round or oval or a rectilinear shape with a rounded edge would be fine. I worry about marble and stone because if the little one were to get underneath and hit their head or hit their head on the side of the stone, typically the side of the stone is going to have an edge to it. It's typically not going to be rounded or beveled. Well, that for me feels a little bit dangerous too. I would be more inclined to go with an upholstered ottoman that has a tray on top or an ottoman that has the trays built in and you flip over the cushion or a rounded wood coffee table. These are all things that I think might be better with a super rambunctious kit. Your third question is, Betsy, do you have an affordable rocking swivel chair you recommend? I want something stylish and comfortable and I can't seem to find a chair that fits the bill. Please help. I was just working with a client in the Flat Iron District. She was having her new baby, very exciting, and she had already purchased all the nursery furniture before she met me. So she purchased a rocker glider from Pottery Barn, and it was like, I don't know, $1,700. And with those, you typically need a footstool. So not only does that increase the price because you have to buy that separate footstool, which was not included in the $1,700, but then you also need to have the space for a footstool. I persuaded her to instead look for a recliner rocker that functions the same way as a glider in the terms of, um, oh my goodness, guys, I'm kind of fumbling for my words today. And you know why? It's because I've had two clients today. I'm a little maxed out. It was inspiring. It was fun. But I am tired. And I didn't have a proper cup of coffee. And all this coming together and the fact that it's been one hell of a week is got me tripping over my words and not being as articulate as I would want. But I'm going to prop my eyes open with some toothpicks and keep it rolling, keep it moving. Anyway, I convinced her to get a rocker recliner from Target. It was a fifth of the price. I think it was, I don't know, between $200 and $300. It looks fabulous. It feels so comfortable and they have lots of styles and colors available. Go to Target. All right, Caitlin, I hope that helped. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Are you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. 
Let's move on to Marissa's question. Marissa writes, Hi, Betsy. I love your podcast. You've provided me some great answers in the past, and I'm very thankful. We're expecting our first baby and could use some practical nursery decorating tips. What is useful functional decor versus what is unnecessary or dangerous for a newborn? What is your retail rundown on crap versus gold for children slash nursery decor? Thanks for your help. All right, Marissa, I'm happy to help. First of all, let's talk about the two pieces everyone has to have. You have to have a crib and you have to have a changing table. I don't like to buy changing tables. I like to buy three or six drawer dressers and then I put that changer um, frame on top. It generally screws into the back so it's not going to leave any holes. And then you'll have both clothing storage as well as the changer. I really hate changers that are just changers. They have open shelving on the bottom. They're just not practical. I don't want to see the butt creams and the wipes and the extra diapers. I want it all to be behind drawers or doors, whether you're using those drawers for clothing as well or not. And especially in small space living, even if you don't live in an apartment, oftentimes our homes have small rooms or smaller bedrooms and every square foot counts. Well, you're just going to get double duty when you make your dresser also a changer and it can evolve with your children. You can just remove that top when you're done with the diapers and they can use it as a dresser, which is exactly what my daughter has done and it functions beautifully. One thing I will say is that you do want to spend some money on the crib. When I had my children, uh, money was tight. And so with my first kid, I went to Ikea to get the crib because they do have a lot of nice kid furniture. And of course, the price point is right. Well, I got my Ikea crib and it was fine, but I definitely had crib envy when I would see the ones that were cute and two-tone or when I'd be shopping for my clients and I'd realize, you know, the Ikea crib cost me $150, but these cribs are $350. They're totally adorable. They're totally my mid-century vibe. And I didn't know how long you live with a crib. A crib converts into a toddler bed. And, you know, a kid is generally in a crib with all the bars uh, until the age of two. And then between two and four, they transition to that toddler bed. And that means that the crib could stay with you for four years. And then if you're like me, in those four years, you might have another kid. And so you're going to hand that crib down to that other kid. And now you're looking at the same crib for six years, seven years, eight years. Oh my gosh, I wish I hadn't bought the cheap crib. I wish I would have splurged on that one that I thought was super cute because instead of keeping this very basic Ikea crib around, I instead was in much more of a hurry to buy another bed when my son outgrew the crib versus transitioning it to the toddler bed. And I just wound up spending more money on sort of a stopgap piece before we get to the twin bed. And yeah, I just would have preferred to enjoy my crib for those four to eight years. So spend money on your crib. Uh, one thing to note when you're using a crib is that you shouldn't use any baby bumpers. I think those have been technically like outlawed. I think I just saw an article yesterday, but people don't do baby bumpers anymore. So don't put that around the perimeter of the crib. Also, 
when I had kids, this may have changed, but you're not supposed to put blankets or stuffed animals or anything else in the crib. So you will want to splurge on a crib sheet. I also splurge on the mattress and go organic because your kid's face is going to be against the mattress for many hours every day, hopefully. So you want to make sure that they're breathing in things that aren't toxic. So I spent money on the mattress, I spent money on the crib sheets, and I made sure that both the crib sheets and that the changer cover, the changing pad cover, were a mid-tone color with some pattern because these things are going to get stained. You've heard about baby blowouts. There's definitely some spit up. My kids were projectile vomiters very exciting. Uh, So that will help to mask the stains and give you some more longevity with your sheets so that they don't look disgusting even after they've come out of the wash when you know they're not disgusting but they still look gross. Well that mid-tone color with the pattern will help to camouflage a lot of that ick. Also, you will want to, when considering the layout of this space, make sure that you place the hamper and the diaper genie next to the changing table. So you want to think about that when you're laying out your room, that the changing table needs to have room for these other two things next to it. Additionally, I do not like to walk into a nursery and immediately look at the changing table. It's basically the toilet for your nursery. I like to keep it in a less conspicuous place, even if it makes it a little bit harder to get to. That nursery is going to have a much cooler look if you're not staring at the changing table. Also, as you heard me mention for the last client, I do get a rocker recliner versus a glider because it eliminates the need to get a separate footstool. It's more economical and also it's more practical if you want to use it in another room later. Nowadays, people will spend up to two, three thousand dollars on a glider footstool combo and they look so nursery that they can't go with you to another room. But a recliner can go with you to another place like a family room, a den, a TV room. The other piece of furniture that you're going to want in a nursery, it's not a must, but I find that all my clients need it, is some kind of storage bookcase. It could have cabinets at the bottom for extra diapers and wipes, or it doesn't have to, but it needs shelves. It needs shelves to display photo frames. People are going to get you sentimental tchotchkes, little ceramic banks in the shape of bears, but also your kids are going to have books. And shelving can be something that's really important, not only for that visual display, but also for the functionality. I love to put baskets on shelves that can house toys that the little ones can pull down and play with on their rug. And I do think that a rug is something that's really important in a nursery when they're playing on the floor so much. I try and avoid 100% wool rugs in a nursery because some babies have sensitivity to that texture, just like wearing a wool sweater can get very itchy. So instead, I looked for blends, acrylics, nylons, cotton blends. These will be much comfier textures to roll around on, to play on for both your baby and for you. The other thing that I like to think about in a nursery is decor because you want it to look really cute. You want it to feel personal and special, 
but you don't want your kids pulling things down that are heavy or framed on top of them. This is the perfect place to use canvas framed art. This is the perfect place to use a macrame wall hanging. I also sanction decals in this room. I don't love decals as a rule, especially not in adult spaces, but in kids spaces, I think decals can be a great way to express personality and a very interchangeable way to express personality. My kids have already been through three sets of decals. My son loved Thomas the Train. Then we went to Star Wars, and then that got a little scary. So now we're at Pokemon, and I can tell he's starting to phase out of Pokemon. I'm like, what's the next decal? Meanwhile, my daughter across the way was a frozen lover, and one day she came home and she's like, I don't want Anna and Elsa staring at me anymore. So we took that all down, and now it's butterflies and flowers, and she's totally down with that. Anyway, decals give you that flexibility, and in a nursery, it's so great because the kid is not going to pull this down on top of them, so it's perfect for above a crib. It's perfect for above a changing table where they're spending a lot of time and reaching for things. Marissa, so you ask one question and it truly opens Pandora's box. I hope you can deal with all the information I just gave you. Um, you know, since I just came from these clients and they're top of mind, I'm just going to give you the quick 411 on something that's important to think about. So I was just designing a law office here in Westchester and they had a really big conference table that they got on Etsy. Uh, a really cool one that is like real wood that's been stained. It's very heavy. It's beautiful. However, it has this trapezoidal base. It's this metal framed trapezoid on either side that serves as the legs. And it's about 18 inches inset on each side of the table. Well, the problem with this is, even though the table is 96 inches long, the perfect length to easily house eight people, because of the leg placement, they're not going to get to maximize that seating. They're only going to be able to seat six. And he was really disappointed by this, but the legs were such that there were only 60 inches in between them. And if we know that the width of a seat is 18 inches, which we do, we do know that, uh, then if you do the math on that, three people inside those legs are going to be bumping elbows and two inches away from each other. That is totally unacceptable, whether it is in a cafeteria dining style or when you're at your legal meeting or closing with your mortgage broker and attorney. It's not going to work. Uh, I had to break the news to him and offer other suggestions, but you want to be thinking about when you're thinking about dining tables and seating, where the legs are and how those are going to impede where you're able to sit. Because nowadays, they are doing such cool bases on dining tables. It's no longer just a slab with four legs in the corner. Now they've got these cool pedestals, these angled legs. They're really becoming showpieces, but at the same time, they get less practical the cooler you get. Uh, keep that in mind when you're looking at dining tables. And guys, go enjoy a wonderful summer weekend. I myself am going to go pack for a few days on the North Shore with my girlfriends. I hope to get some design inspiration. I can't wait to go see designer Jeannie who works out there for us in the North Fork. And I can't wait to visit a couple wineries. So that's where my brain has been. That's why my brain is mush. And um, there we go. I'm signing off. Bye. 
A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.